you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well today. We are coming to you live with a new episode every single Monday for Ready, Set, Go! And in this episode, we got my man, Ben. What's up, Ben? How are you doing? Great, Brandon. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. It's a blessing that you're taking the time to give back to the listeners. I mean, your experience in the past, you've been in the game for a little bit of time right now. And you're kind of switching over a little bit. You know, you had a corporate background. You've done over 400 deals, 30 states. You've done some seller financing as well, which is awesome. That's one of your niches. But notes is something that you guys are crushing it with. And not enough people are actually investing or educated on the aspect of investing with notes. You know, we got non-performing. We got performing notes. We got a bunch of different strategies all in between of, of how to become successful while investing in notes with real estate. So I'd love to get your feedback on all this stuff, but for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, you mind just diving in a little bit of your background, why real estate and and, uh, what you're up to? Sure. Um, Yeah. So I started, uh, you know, I'm not college educated. I went to school for a little bit, decided it it wasn't really for me. I, I enjoyed the party way more than I enjoyed the class. And I knew, I knew really I wanted to do something different. So I grew up in the Midwest and left there just right before I was 22 years old, just got crazy and moved to Miami, Florida. And, you know, that was really a a big leap of faith on my part to to try and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And it took a while. I, I did some sales jobs and then, you know, got involved with real estate on the mortgage side and did that for several years, worked for Lehman Brothers, got absolutely, you know, uh, just crushed when that, when they went under, uh, you know, that was a, a real bummer. In fact, I, I may still even be there today if they're, they're still in business, you know, but, um, you know, a lot of things, they, they don't happen to you, they happen for you. Yes. And so that took me in a different direction. And then after that, and it, it collapsed right as I got married. So, you know, you imagine like you're setting up your entire, what you believe is going to be your entire life going forward. Your future, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then it's just the rug comes out from underneath. What's crazy about that though, it's like at that time, obviously there's a lot of fear that goes on, but realistically that lifestyle shaking up really quick is really preparing for your future in a whole different way. We just can't see it at the time, right? Totally. Yeah. You don't understand what, how it's going to benefit you at the time. And I don't know if anybody can look at it that way as it's happening. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. So, but you try to navigate through it and you know, I did. And I, I went to work in financial services for almost 10 years after that, you know, working for companies like New York life and Allstate, And I absolutely hated it. I had owned some real estate and during the recession, we just, like I said, we got hammered. And so I knew I wanted to get back to it. And my wife went to chiropractic school and I told her, I was like, all right, as soon as you're done with that, reinventing yourself, I'm going to reinvent myself. So fortunately for us, none of this happened while we had a child. So it was all before that. So I know a lot of people, they have a family and everything else makes it very difficult. So I had a little bit of freedom to be able to do 
what I wanted and pursue my own passion, which I'm super grateful for. And it's been on growth mode ever since. Yeah. Started just buying one property and then another one and another one. And last year we did 240 deals. So it just, it snowballed very, very quick beyond what I ever expected. And it's all because of relationships. How long were you guys married before you finally started having kids and were, you were doing real estate in between? Yeah. So uh, we were married for, uh, let's see, seven years about seven years. before we Love had it. kids. Yeah. yeah. So that's some good intimacy time while building up the business as well and focusing on, because we're, we're in that same boat right now, you know, like we would love to have kids settle down type of thing. But right now we're, we're definitely focusing on, on building up the business and really scaling it to a point where it's really running on its own. Can I tell you something though, man? Uh, and this, you'll hear this from a lot of parents. I'm sort of regretful that we waited so long because really? yeah, I thought, I thought during that time, like, I'm like, I don't have time. I, I can't make the time for it. But I'll tell you, they push you to be better. Unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life. Motivation, so, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it turned on so hard for me when my daughter was born and I thought, I thought to myself, damn, this is a, a piece that I was missing, you know, this is a fire that I needed to like the accountability sure. and everything. Right. For sure. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's, that is some, that's motivation right now for me. <laughs> <laughs> After this, we'll see what we can get into. <laughs> yeah. Go, go get it done. <laughs> cool. So what about your sales background? Do you feel like that has helped you along your journey with real estate in general? Big time. I mean, Dude, right? I think about it. I was doing financial services sales, trying to sell financial planning yeah. at the worst economic <laughs> crisis in our lifetimes, in our parents' lifetimes. Yeah. Was so this was, uh, let's see, I started at New York Life in 2008. 2008. So, yeah. Good timing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I had no natural market. So, you know, all my family and friends are in Iowa, in the Midwest, and all my friends that I had in Florida were in very similar positions to me. They didn't have money to invest. So sure. I really had to develop good prospecting and sales skills to even try to make it doing that yeah. business. I love it. So the Noteworth USA, you just partnered up with that. How long ago? About a year or this, so? This literally just happened. So yeah, okay. I, I, partnered up, I partnered up with Noteworthy. We... Uh, Noteworthy is sort of where I cut my teeth in the yeah. note business. I learned a lot in that space. And, you know, I, I started going to their events about three and a half years ago. It's where I learned and I was super excited to get involved because it, it helped me so much. And I'm in a, a point now where I want to help other people get there because it was just a, for me, it was only a confidence thing. I just didn't know how to take it next level, you know, and I, yeah. I got to learn from so many great people in that space that they didn't want anything from me. Like they were literally just there to help. And that was an amazing feeling. Wow. Yeah. It's hard to find that. I feel like there's usually a lot of end pieces on the side that is more directed in favor of one or the other. So when you can really find somewhere kind of like a family vibe to really give a true win-win situation and be able to guide you and give you the, the counsel that you need. I mean, that's where it's at. Yeah. So you, you guys have an event coming up, right? We do. At uh, the end of February, we're going to be out in sunny Southern California. Your, back, your backyard, man. Uh, we'll be yeah. in Anaheim. So I love uh, it. I'm su super excited for it. It's the first event. I mean, I've gone to many of their events, but it's the first one where I'm actually part owner of it. So I'm super stoked to put it on and, you know, nervous too. I, I want to make it a great event for the people that come out. So Sure. Of course. I love it. So that's going to be February 27th, 28th, and 29th in Anaheim, California. 
you know, Southern California, which is awesome. My backyard, very excited for that. Now, with your experience, I mean, 400 plus deals at this point, 30 states. Let's talk about some notes. You've done a bunch of different things, obviously. I'm sure it wasn't just notes the whole time. So what other type of experience do you have within real estate? Yeah, so it was mostly uh, started out just as rentals. I mean, that's that's what we did. I, I did a couple of fix and flips. That wasn't really... It's a job, you know, right? You didn't realize yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's stressful. It's a job and design is not my thing, you know, so it, that wasn't uh, born into me. But you uh, ladies touch within that. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. Ladies touch. Yeah. Do it uh, on a budget. <laughs> it makes all the difference. It's funny. Yeah. My brother is uh, big in construction and um, carpentry and all that. And his wife is in interior design. It's a perfect fit for them. Yeah. You know, they can do, they can see and do all of that stuff, but th- it skipped over me. I, I don't, I don't really yeah. know how. So it happens. But for me, it, it was, I like the numbers. I like to see how you can put a deal together and, and make it work. Yep. I love that. That's cool. So now within notes, you know, for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly what notes are, do you mind just giving like a little definition of it, a little breakdown just to help educate people a little bit? Sure. I mean, pretty much everybody has one, right? You've probably got one on your car. You've got one on your house. If you own any toys, you know, motorcycles or whatever, those are notes. I mean, it's just a bank holding a position on a piece of property that you own. Yeah. So that's what we do. Piece in a of paper. We, that's all it that's is. It. Piece of paper showing, you know, who's, who's responsible for it, who owns it and so forth. That's right. It's your promise to pay me until you've paid it off. So it's uh, holding an asset, but without, you know, having to do, uh, I don't, I'm not responsible for the taxes. I'm not responsible for the insurance. I'm not responsible for the upkeep. So one thing I learned from rentals is that they are also a lot of work, you know, so especially if you're self-managing, there's tenants, termites, toilets, all that, you know, to manage. And, you know, there, I, I'm not dissing rentals at all. I still own them. I think everybody should own rentals. Everybody. Yeah, I agree. Passive income, or as close as possible to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of the things I learned in financial services, right? Is you have diversity inside of, inside of what you own. Everything I own is real estate related. So I don't diversify outside of that, but it's diverse in the types of holdings that you have. So it's different types of income streams within the same asset class. Yeah. And in certain markets, it's going to affect what's going to sometimes do better. You know, fix and flips aren't going to necessarily be the best in certain markets. Rentals might be better, so forth. When it comes down to your overall strategy within within notes, do you mind talking about it a little bit? Because there's a big difference performing and non-performing. Like we just talked about, it is a, a note is a piece of paper showing whose ownership it is. And at the end of the day, banks are grouping these together and selling them to other investors or if, if they qualify to Franny and Fetty. But, you know, if they're not actually, if they're delinquent in any form, then that would be considered non-performing. Sometimes can get sold on, on pennies of the dollar, right? Something like that. Probably not that much right now, but, but in the yeah, past, I, it was very discounted, right? Exactly, yeah. So there, you know, when you talked about the big recession, I mean, there was just a flood of notes coming out, right? So non-performing yes. stuff, people were defaulting like crazy. And, you know, that was a, a different era. Not a lot of people were in a position to be able to acquire those, which is sure. unfortunate because the people that could, they did pretty well. So ridiculous amount. Can you yeah, imagine so, just like for any of the listeners out there, can you imagine getting big bundles, maybe a thousand or more, hundred to, you know, a couple thousand of all these notes, these properties, 
that you're getting them for pennies on the dollar type of thing. And uh, what, what can people expect? Maybe back then it was probably like around 10 cents to 30, maybe 40. Yeah, it's probably anywhere between 30 and 50 cents on the dollar. I mean, you could pick up okay. a property, but because you got to consider like, right, the, depending upon where it was, if it was in an area that got nailed, like South Florida, Las Vegas, places like that, where, or, you know, parts of California, Detroit, <laughs> you know, you lost 50% of your, your property value almost overnight. Sure. So, you know, it's got to still be attractive, right? So that that note buyer can go in and do one of two things, either A, they can get the people out that were in there. They can go through yep. that foreclosure process. Which they is a can pain try to get it. Yeah. I necessarily Depending. recommend that unless they're yeah. totally not trying to pay at all. Yeah. It, it can be worth it, it, it depending upon where the property is and, and the sure. actual value of the property and how much you yeah. got it for. So you, you, if you've got time to wait it out because you know you're going to make a rake on it later on down the road, it's okay. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, like if, if they're not really motivated to, to work with you, then, you know, you're kind of beating a dead horse type of thing. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah. And then, I mean, the other alternative too, is you can rework the loan, right? So now yep. you control and own the paper so you can turn it and say, all right, Hey, Mr. Buyer, you know, you like this house. I'm sure you'd like to stay in this house. You're raising your yep. family in this house. I'd prefer you stay in the house. Let's work something out here, you know? Yep. So, and that provides you a lot of flexibility. So when you become the bank, you can, for lack of a better word, set your own terms that make sense for you. I love that. And that's, that's where you can start turning it from non-performing to performing note and get it back yes. on track. Almost like a, you know, like a modification, if you will, Correct. I guess. And then it's more valuable from where you once purchased it to where it is now. And if you can do that to your whole portfolio of notes that you just purchased, then you can off sell a portion, handpick some that you want to hang on to, stuff like that. It, it makes it just shuffling papers and playing the game. If you have the right systems in place, you can really scale it and, and do some powerful stuff, which is yeah, uh, it's what the game's about, right? So uh, real life monopoly here. So what yeah, is your... I mean, I was, I was just going to say, I was just going to say real quick. I mean, you know, once you get a, a note reperforming, that's when things can kind of get really special in the business. It gives you a lot of options. You can take that note to the market. You could sell it. You could sell a piece of it. You know, say, hey, I'm going to sell you 36 months worth of payments. Your payments stop, but in 36 months, they turn back on. So you reacquired some of your initial capital, maybe all of it, depending upon what those payments are worth. So it just gets really special with what you can do. And those are the things I didn't know. You know, until yeah. I started going to these things and learning. And when I, when I heard it, I was, it didn't even compute that this kind of thing really even existed. So I was blown away and I just started scribbling furiously notes from all the people yeah. that I heard talking and saying, okay, this is what I need to do. And just went back and started doing the work. Do you, do you mind covering that one more time or, or rewording it, breaking it down a little bit more? Cause that, you know, that kind of went over my head as well. I, I haven't heard that. You can sell off a portion of the note yeah, and set it up that, you know, they can do it for a certain time period. Yeah. So I'm selling a fractional interest in the loan. So in other words, let's say for instance, just to use round numbers, let's say that two years worth of payments to me are worth $10,000 on a property. Okay. Sure. Brandon, you could come to me and say, Hey Ben, you know what? I'd like to buy these payments. I'm only, I've got an IRA. I'm just looking for a, a solid return here. And maybe if I buy these payments from you for seven or 8,000 bucks, that's going to give me the kind of return that I want 
in my IRA. And then in a couple of years, I get the payments starting coming back to me. So I'm just selling, I'm almost leasing you the payments for a cheaper price than what I'm getting so that I can get some influx of capital and I can take that money and put it back into, you know, another investment of some sort. And then and, do you give them principal back at the end or no? Well, they collect all their, their principal back plus the, the interest over, on those payments. Yeah. Gotcha. So they get that, that, they get the full value of that $10,000, but their investment might've only been seven. So sure. Yeah. So obviously spent, like a, whatever the, the lease, amount was however much they're purchasing and paying up front it's going to be less than what overall they they should be anticipating over the time frame you got it gotcha love that i didn't know that that gets even more creative right yeah <laughs> that, you can... that's a whole uh, eddie and martha speed thing right wow. there that's called partials i'm so grateful for them they they taught us that because it's helped reliquidate a bunch of capital into our business that we can just put back out on the street into something else yeah and it makes no excuses for the average person out there. I like to break off that BS excuse of, of not being able to have enough money to get into real estate. That's one of the reasons why we started the podcast. But even if you did only have maybe a couple thousand or so, then you could potentially partner up with you or buy a, a portion of kind of like leasing one of the notes, which is, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. If you've got money sitting in an IRA or a 401k and you know, you're like, Hey, I, I don't trust where the market's at, or I just want to consider this like my bond fund, so to speak, yeah. it's real estate. I like the asset. You can start off with something very small and just build upon it. So it's, it's pretty it. special. I love it. Yeah, man. That just, it like opens up my eyes even more, more opportunity yeah. within notes. That's crazy. Very cool. Cool. So what is your particular strategy that you like to focus on? Do you, I guess, lease out a portion of some of your, what is the word for it again? You said portion? A partial. 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 Yeah. Write this portion, partial, potato, potato, same thing. But yeah, our main strategy is uh, when we acquire properties from a bank or an auction, we'll take those and we'll sell them to either local investors or we will advertise for owner financing. So whatever the market decides it wants to bring us, we will do. So we'll be, we're creating a note. So we're not having to go buy a non-performing note or a performing note, we're creating one from scratch. So we are the bank from the get-go on that deal. So we're, we're advertising to somebody that wants to buy a house for themselves. They may not qualify because they're self-employed. They still have to go through a qualification process with us, but we are the bank. So. You know, we have certain terms that we have to adhere to in terms of like Dodd-Frank and all these, you know, different federal laws that there are to make sure that, you know, people aren't taking advantage of the consumer, which we definitely sure. don't want to do. And we're just offering those terms to people that want to own their own home. I love that. I love that. So making it a huge win-win situation all around the board and uh, obviously pretty darn profitable at the same time. You know, I guess... Give me the breakdown of, I wouldn't say average day, but uh, I guess the average process of what that would look like. So you get these notes from the bank, correct? How would you go about finding a relationship or, or somebody, you know, which bank would actually uh, sell some of these notes to you? Or sure. Yeah. So I would tell most people the, the best thing that you could do is to talk to your community banks, your local small credit unions, regional banks, the big bank of America chases. I mean, look, it's going to be very difficult to, to compete, you know? So especially when you're dealing 
you know, with somebody like us where we, you know, we might buy anywhere between, you know, 15 to 40 properties a month. So, you know, if you're looking for onesie twosies, you know, just go talk to your local credit union and say, Hey, look, I'd like to, you know, if you guys get some, some assets here that you need to sell off, I'd be interested in buying them. The key is, is that when they bring that to your attention, you got to be ready to go. So they're not going to sure. open that door for you a whole lot of times. You know, you got to be uh, ready to present an offer and, and move on it. So, and then what would be fair to, to actually like represent like what type of percentage of what it's, yeah, I mean, do you go off of the ARV? Do you go off of obviously the mark, the current market value, or whatever the current loan is that they have on there? Yeah, look, I, I, it's hard to give like an average, but I would just tell you this: like, you work your numbers, yeah, and then you work your plan. That's it. Sure. Like, you don't, you can't get over emotionally involved on a deal when it comes to investing. You just, you know, your numbers. You don't deviate from them, and that's it. So. You look at every deal the same. Hey, what's the value of this property going to be? What is my exit strategy? What am I going to do with this? So I like to have multiple exit strategies. That's why we offer them as a cash sale and a owner finance. Yeah. Or we could rent them, whatever the case may be. So I look at it from a multitude of ways. So I don't have three exit strategies. I only have one. It's kind of risky, right? Okay. Could be very risky. Yeah. So if I've got two, I've got some room to play with. So I can't give you a direct answer on that. I would just tell you, hey, know your market, what properties are going for, and then say, okay, can I sell this property? Or if I get it reperforming, what is the price I need to buy it at to make the return that I need? And sure. that's also takes into consideration, are you using private money? Are you using your own money? How yep. is that? You know, who do you have to pay in the balance? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Now, when it comes down to, obviously, small local banks are the best. I truly agree with that. When it comes down to getting any type of funding or anything really, you know, real estate related or business credit and so forth, small local banks are the best. They'll, they'll work with you, get a little bit more creative typically. Now, with our market currently, is there still a bunch of notes that are being sold on a regular basis or is it a little, is it a little bit more difficult? Yeah, it's not like it was. So, I mean, there's, there's not as many as there were, but I was literally just having this conversation. We're actually doing a, a sort of like a preview webinar tonight for our noteworthy event, but there's a third wave that's coming down the pike in terms of notes. So, you know, different types of government backed notes, seller finance notes where people got way too risky. You know, they just, they forgot the past sins of the banks where they would loan to anybody and we're sort of just doing that themselves, not underwriting the people that were coming in. So there's still plenty of opportunity. You just have to know where to find them. And a lot of them are going to be more private. So if you see people that are doing, you can prospect for these loans pretty darn easy. And I get prospected all the time on Craigslist for people that reach out to us because they see our owner financing ads and they'll call us and say, Hey, do you have any notes that you would like to sell? And so I mean, these calls happen every single week and, you know, so finding the deals is not hard. You just have to know where to look for them. Nice. And then would you prefer utilizing as far as like funding some of this stuff goes, and this is going to be different for everybody. But um, so if like you're the brand new real estate investor, just listening to this, it might be a little bit different for your situation, but Ben, do you prefer raising money for this, using credit, having funds in your bank account, IRA account? What do you, what do you prefer? 
Yeah. We started out only using private money. So, and that's sort of the direction that we've maintained. It's the best option. I think there are certainly ways that we can utilize credit. I'm sure we've just not really gone down that route. I I should probably talk to you about that. You've got some expertise there. So we can talk. I'll help um, you. (laughs) Yeah, man. So that could just be another tool in the toolbox, you know? So sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so they're not teaching it out there. Right. So it's hard to, you know, you don't know. Yeah. So private money was really how we got started. So all the notes we initially created, we created notes with none of our own money. And so we're, we're getting free cash flow off of those things, which is kind of nice. So, and then it just continues to perpetuate. So you sell a note, you sell a partial, you know, you got the cash flow, you go buy another property and it just goes on and on. Now, when it comes down to your experience, like how many, how many notes or properties I guess do you have currently? Uh, we probably have close to a hundred notes by now. So yeah, but yeah, that's, that's probably somewhere in that range. Uh, I know we just sold several, uh, we'll probably sell maybe more at the conference, but you know, just depends. I mean, it it, it can ebb and flow, but last year it was funny. You know, we, we did probably half cash sales, half notes. And I thought with the tax cuts and everything else that we, might see more owner financing because people, you know, I, I think ideally they were supposed to have more money in their paychecks or whatever. We haven't seen that. So it's actually been more cash sales, but that just tells us that the market is very hungry for cash deals, not so much sure. for owner financing. So a lot yeah. of people I think that are trying to become homeowners might still be sitting on the sidelines saying, well, renting still seems a little bit better right now. So yeah. oh, that's true. I love that. So with all of your experience, is there any learning curves along the way or, or uh, just a, a smack in the face here and there? Maybe like, hey, never going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're not getting smacked in the face, you're not working hard enough. So you're not, right. if you're not 100%. making... I'm glad you said not, it. <laughs> yeah. If you're not making mistakes, man, I mean, you're not trying hard enough. So, yep. you know, uh, those things happen and you just roll with the punches. And like you said, you get a good learning experience and you're like, okay, well, I'm never buying a property in that area again. Or, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. not, you know, somebody tells me a sob story on why they couldn't pay us on, you know, I'm probably a little less likely to believe them, you know? So my partner and I, I mean, we've got good hearts. We, we want to help people and, and believe in the best, but you still get burned. I mean, there's no, sure. there's no getting around that. So, you know. And anything that like stands out drastically that you would recommend maybe for somebody brand new, just starting? you know, probably just running the numbers, right? Make sure that you're doing your due diligence. Yeah. Just get very good at running numbers and really fine tune your ability to, to go to the market and raise private money. If you can do those two things, like you're going to find the deals and then you just have to know where to get the money because a good deal is always going to have money. So you just have to know how to present it and and take it out there. So those are two areas that I spent a lot of time developing. And then the third piece, which probably should be the number one piece is to get your mindset right. If everything's not good up here, I yep. mean, it's just not going to perform anywhere else. So, yep. no, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It took me so long to finally break off like the the poverty mindset and and uh, and risking it. You know, going all in, but having backup plans. You know, calculated risk versus <laughs> uh, just you know willy nilly stuff. You know, getting your mindset right. It is the first first key to. To improving anything within your life. Oh man, I had to spend literally three, four years retooling my entire mind. So, yeah, you know, cause I, I just, 
I was crushed after the recession, you know, and I was just so in it. And I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta break free from this somehow. And so I had to spend up in you, you spend a lot of time getting into that spot. It's going to take you a lot of time to get out of it. And so the sooner you get started on that, the better, believe me. So did the crash affect, like, did you have a bunch of real estate at that time and it really smacked you in the face? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a bunch. I mean, we had like six properties. So, I mean, but yeah, it's still, it still hurt, you know? So it was like, oh, well, I thought at that time, you know, it's funny. I look back on it and I thought, well, that was an interesting try. I guess I didn't, real estate's not for me. And then I just didn't look at it again for a while, which was a mistake. Again, that comes back to the mindset. You have to really get, if you're going to be in real estate in any way, shape or form, you better get really comfortable with failure because it's going to happen. No so matter true. what you do, you could try to be perfect. Somebody's going to throw you a curveball along the way. And so, you know, it, it, just getting comfortable with failure is like one of the biggest things that I had to learn. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned, you know, one of the, the tips that you would give to somebody brand new just a moment ago is like the, the sales aspect. Uh, obviously, yes. do your due diligence, understand the sales and, uh, and mindset. But when it comes down to the sales aspect, I couldn't agree more with you because we've done a bunch of sales in the past. I was doing door to door knocking with Kirby vacuum cleaners in the past and just growing up, there was a bunch of sales. I did that too. Yeah. But it really sets you up. Like I can't stress this enough. It sets you up so above and beyond your competitors when you can actually either hold a conversation or uh, be able to network with people, know what to say at the right time and so forth uh, to be able to, to get your foot in the door. Right. <laughs> like a little totally. there, but for me to get my foot in the door, uh, to build that relationship and to figure out the numbers to negotiate on your behalf and so forth to make sure it is a win-win situation. And you're not like just lowballing somebody, you have some reasoning behind it and you can make sure that it is, it's a, it's a fair, not unreasonable situation. Right. Yeah. I think sales is so critical and a lot of things that people think about sales, it has a negative connotation to it. Right. So it's like, Oh, well, yeah, you're trying to sell me something. It must be bad. Well, I think the the most valuable thing that I learned in sales was just learning how to listen and and how to to ask good questions. So, you know, and that, that made, that has made all the difference. And, And one of the things that we try to instill in our team is just asking quality questions all the time. And people will find ways to, to do a deal, like if they like it and it makes sense to them. Yeah. So just like a side topic really quick, this has nothing to do with real estate, but we were at Universal Studios the other day and it, it's funny because somebody came up to Jennifer and I, like the, this young girl with, uh, with this guy next to her and they were explaining like this ticket that they were like trying to put into her hand and I thought they were going to like ask for money or something or like use some kind yeah. of trade. Uh, so I was naturally like... <laughs> Like, and I assume there's probably a lot of other people out there in the world, not just me, but, you know, trying to put up this wall, you know, because she was trying to explain it to us. And I was like, sounds like she's trying to build this thing up to sell it to us. And I'm not interested in purchasing anything like, you know, um, so I was naturally just about to tell her like, no, we're okay. We're not interested type of thing. And then she was like, here, we just wanted to give you like the free, uh, like VIP, type of like, you don't need to wait in line type of thing for all the rides. Like they're, they were leaving. And I was like, Oh, Oh snap. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know? And uh, we were just like thankful, but I was like, dang, I almost just told her like, Hey, go, go kick rocks type of thing, you know? And, uh, yeah, and how yeah. many other people out there are, are kind of closed off with their mindset of not trying to be sold to and missing out on so many opportunities. Right. 
Yeah, that's why it's a numbers game, man. I mean, so yeah. in any anywhere you're at, you're going to come across people that might have been like you that said, hey, get sure. the hell out of here. Stay away from me. That's yeah. just people are preconditioned for that. They don't want to be bothered, right? It's like walking yeah. into the store. You're there for something. Somebody asks you, can I help you find something? You say, no, nah, just looking. Even yeah. though you're there for something, you know, you yeah, actually yeah. want to find something. Yeah. So, yeah, it, a, a big part of that is just knowing, callousing your mind so you can get past those parts. Yep. And, and push people to find out what it is they really want. And that's where the sales techniques really come into play if you are dealing one-on-one with a lot of people because it's going to be able to get to that position, like jumping over that hurdle or, or chiseling away at that wall that everybody naturally has built up with using the right words at the right time to, to connect with them and weave ending out of this maze that, you know, this wall that they put up for you. Uh, so you can actually have a conversation and get to the yeah. point of why you're there, right? But yeah, the numbers game, that, that's, that's what it's about. So would you say that most of your notes that you are purchasing, they are non-performing at the time? Well, most of the properties that we're buying, they're, they're already gone through a foreclosure process. So there's, there's nobody in there. Like we, buying non-performing notes has not really been our thing. Uh, though I have a, a ton of colleagues that that's all they do. So we're buying the properties when they've gone to the auction process. So the sure. bank is holding them on their, their asset book and they're just saying, get these out of here. We don't want them. making it expensive for them. They got holding costs. They're trying to, right. it's a liability as well because damages so forth. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So we're solving a problem. I mean, we're, we're helping them solve a problem and that's what, that's what business is all about. So, yeah. Okay. And then at that point, um, what is your plan with it afterwards? Uh, you know, there, yeah, so, there's a million different strategies behind it, but are you fill, filling it or getting an investor to kind of take over? Yeah, it's whatever the market wants to bring us. So, you know, sure. if, uh, if it's a cash deal, great. We love cash deals. If it's yeah. uh, owner finance deals, great. We love yeah. that too, you know? So whatever the market decides is, is most appropriate. So there've been houses along the way that we've donated you know, which is always a nice, you know, feeling to be able to do. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it, it's, it's a one or two exit strategy. It's sale or owner finance sale. Whew, I love it. Very cool. That's exciting, man. You're definitely like pumping me up with, uh, with, you know, obviously education is always first, right? But then the yeah. motivation behind it, and then you're preparing us all to be able to take action on this stuff, which I love. So I, I do greatly appreciate you, you know, diving in and uh, giving us the breakdown. Let's talk about the event for a moment. What can we anticipate? You know, I'm sure a lot of people are seeing this right now. They're, they're definitely interested. You would be a fool if, uh, if you're not trying to go and, and expand your real estate knowledge and with a strategy that very, very few in between are actually talking about. You know, very few in between, in between are actually, you know, educating people on this stuff and, and making it a win-win situation. So what can we anticipate? Yeah, so it'll be a pretty diverse event. So, you know, ideally I wanted to have different types of people in the areas where I needed help, you know, when I was getting started. So sure. I needed to learn how to raise money. I needed to learn how to identify what a good investment was. You know, I needed to learn how to market myself on the internet and be able to put that face forward. So I needed to know how to find deals. Where are the deals? How do I get them? How do I go talk to these banks? What do I say? How do I talk to the auction companies? What can I say to them? How do I structure a deal for owner financing? What's a good yield? How does that look? How do I broker a note? So all these different things. 
you know, we're going to be covering over a two and a half day period with some of the best speakers. You know, I, I put this question out on Facebook today, actually, you know, because there's different events that happen around the country. You know, there's virtual events, there's in-person events. I like the idea of virtual because I can stay home. But now that I have a five-year-old daughter, getting a moment to be not distracted for a couple of days would be very difficult. So I have to, how I've always learned best is like in the pocket, in the class, like, but not only that, I get the opportunity to network with the people there that are at a level I'm trying to get to. Like, you know, so I can quickly identify those people and say, I got to talk to that that man or woman and say, Hey, how did you get here? What, if you're me, what's the first thing you do when you leave this conference and how do I do it? So those things are invaluable. And and I didn't want to be a part. This is the only reason I got involved with Noteworthy because I'm busy enough. Believe me, I like running one business is difficult enough. And you know, there's a lot that comes with that. But the only reason I got involved with it was because Noteworthy was that education system where there wasn't, Hey, go sign up with John in the back of the room. And this, exactly. This deal is going to be gone by the end of this conference. And I don't want any of that crap. So, you know, we wanted to keep it just super educational with like real strategies. People can take home like I did and go put it to work. And if they don't, that's on them. But at the end of the day, if I know, like we left it on the table and said, if you go do ABC, you're going to get X, Y, Z. Yeah. And if you don't call me, and we'll identify what you're doing wrong. And yes. that's what, that's the kind of organization I wanted to be a part of. Talk about accountability with that too. Call me and I'll, I'll tell you exactly where we're messing up so we can, we can change it just a little bit so you can actually start getting the yeah. results, yeah. your ROI that you're looking for. Love that. Yeah. Look, I mean, I don't have all the answers, right? So, but yeah. I have a network of people that do. So I can, yes. I can point them to my friend in Cleveland and say, Hey, if you want to learn about turnkey rentals, like really? Boom. Talk to my guy here. If you're, yeah. if you're on the East Coast, I got another guy in Maryland you should be talking to. You know, Boom. So it's an awesome network of people. Yeah. That's what's and, really and that's what it comes important. down to. I, I look at this across the board and everything, but really at the events, everybody should always be going simply. If, if for nothing else, always go for the networking. If you're, you're putting yourself in, in an atmosphere where other people are either ahead of you or at the very bare minimum, interested in the same thing that you're trying to accomplish right so you guys can all network you can hold each other accountable you can build relationships you guys can partner up i mean the list goes on and on and on and like you said you're going to be able to shake hands with other people that are crushing it with the industry and be able to pick their brains get educated obviously the education of people on stage that are going to be giving the guidance is going to be phenomenal as well but the networking is truly above and beyond the, the famous saying goes right your your network is your net worth I, i've always yep. seen above and beyond how true that really is so man i'm excited for it it's gonna be awesome so you actually are going above and beyond from your heart and giving out a uh a huge discount code for everybody as well right yeah, man, just for your audience. So uh, if they want to go to uh, notetools.com forward slash ready, set, go. Yeah. Uh, they, they can enter the promo code ready, set, go and get 250 bucks off of a ticket. So I love I it. I promise you, if you don't leave with, you know, the amount of money value that you spent to come and get there, we'll give you your money back. Yeah, like, there's no. Me. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no reasons you can't take the information you're going to get there and go make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like literally, that's no bullshit. Yeah, I love it. So notetools.com 
uh, forward slash ready, set, go. And once you go there, you're going to have in the discount or, or code, type in the code, uh, ready, set, go again, and you will be set up and good to go. Uh, a tremendous amount of discount right there, which is awesome. And you didn't need to do that. So I, I truly appreciate you giving back to the audience. Uh, I'm glad to, man. I hope, this, I hope some people can come out. Yeah, man, I'm excited. So you just gave an hour of your time and gave us a bunch of gold nuggets as well as a huge discount code to give no excuses to show up to the event. So, you know, what could the listeners do to give back to you? Oh, man, share the stream. You know, you can follow us on uh, Instagram. So that's just, uh, I'm, I have two Instagrams, which I don't know why. I should just have one, but why I got not? two. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so our note uh, Instagram is just Noteworthy Summit. And then our other business is Odell Barnes REO. So that's our, our primary business where we're acquiring the properties uh, okay. from the auctions and, and selling them. So Nice. And then is there a website or like Facebook link as well where people can reach out to you? Yeah, same thing on Facebook. You can find us at those two spots. And then our website is just odellbarnesreo.com and noteworthysummit.com. Love it. Love it. Love it. Man, you're the man. I appreciate you so much. I really do. Guys, you guys can always... You know, I want to give actually something special to everybody. For the first five people that reach out, take action on what Ben's giving out right now. This is going to be an amazing event. I want to network with you guys. I want to be able to shake hands as well with people over there and get some real action takers. I don't want any BS of people, you know, you know, sitting on the fence here. I want some action takers that, that really want to expand their education, their knowledge on real estate investing and notes. Like not enough people are talking about this. I was just blown away with, understanding how you can actually lease out, uh, partial up your notes. That's outrageous. So can't wait to do more due diligence on that and be able to network with everybody else there. So for the first five people that take action, jump on that website, notetools.com slash ready, set, go and get your tickets. I'm going to send you my book, Action Driven. Absolutely. Nice. I want to give it all to you guys. There's been tremendous breakthroughs with a lot of people that have led them. So I want to give that to you guys as a special gift to me. Just send me a, uh, a DM or you know, direct message to me. You guys can reach me at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments or facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, R-E-I. I think also my, my public one is uh, facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott Investor. So uh, with that being said, and appreciate you so much. I really do. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a fun talk, man. Uh, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Till next time, stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.